This is Positive Parenting. Parenting expertise and advice from best-selling parenting author and national newspaper columnist, Mr. Dad, Armin Brott. Hey there, welcome to Positive Parenting. I'm Armin Brott, the founder of MrDad.com. Suppose a bright 10th grader comes home with this report card, A+, plus, A, 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 D. In other words, 80% of her grades are excellent and 20% are not. As a parent, which grade did you zero in on? And which of these grades do you think will occupy more of the dinner table conversation that night? In theory, that D should command only 20% of the conversation, right? But things are different in practice. We've all heard the expression, play to your strengths, but how many of us really do this in any systematic way? Instead, we tend to focus on our weaknesses. And as parents, well, we do the same thing. Go ahead, blame it on evolution, but when it comes to our kids, we often have what's called strength blindness or negative bias. In certain circumstances, negative bias or strength blindness actually helps us. We focus on the things that need to be improved and we get better that way. But when it comes to parenting, and particularly over the long haul, it's not the best way to help our kids build resilience, optimism, and achievement. The solution? We need to be focusing on their strengths rather than their weaknesses. And the results are pretty amazing. We'll start talking about how to throw the strength switch in your relationship with your kids and your own life right after this. More with Mr. Dad, Armin Brott, after this. From the MrDad.com radio network. Music is a bridge between the material and the spiritual. My name is Harvey Lauer, and I'm 82. As a blind person, you have to be aware that nobody can tell you what you can or can't do. You really have to try things. My folks got me a little radio in 1940, and that was the best Christmas present I ever got. When I was 11 years old is when I started to... uh, play music, play the piano, and then the accordion, and then the cello. My wife, who was also blind, was a good cook. When she died, that's when I started Meals on Wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Positive Parenting. I'm Armin Brott, and my guest for this part of today's show is Lee Waters, who's the author of The Strength Switch, How the New Science of Strength-Based Parenting Can Help Your Child and Your Teen to Flourish. Lee, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Armin. You'd think that talking about strengths and that sort of thing would be a a simple enough thing because everybody could probably say, oh, my kid is so good at this and so good at that and so good at this. But we have a tendency to not focus on those things. We have a tendency, and and I'm not casting any blame here. I think everybody does this just on on the, the immediate problems at hand, the things that are going wrong. Why is that? Yeah. Well, firstly, that's a really um, spot-on thing to say. And, you know, when I run my um, parenting workshops, the by far the most common question I get from parents is something along the lines of, I love my kid, so why am I always so critical? And I think that we're all puzzled about that. We, as parents, we 
we do love our kids, we do want to play to their strengths and we, we don't understand why it is that our attention gets grabbed to the negative. And um, I always answer with two words, old wiring. You know, from a very early on in our evolution, our brains were wired to notice negative things more than positive things. And that's because it gave us a survival advantage. If our, if our brains were quickly picking up on what's happening in the environment, what's not quite right, what's the problem, what's the threat, what's missing here, what needs to be fixed. This was our brain's way of quickly alerting us to a potential danger in the environment and ensuring that we survived. And it's still our brain's way of doing that if you're about to step out onto the street and you just get this little warning um, that you're not even aware that you're reading yourself when you step back because your brain has quickly detected that you know, a car is about to come around the corner. That's your your survival advantage. The psychologists call it our negativity bias. And while you can see that that's, that's actually a very helpful feature of the brain to ensure that we do survive and we stay out of harm's way, we can also understand that it's not a particularly helpful feature when it comes to having a positive parent-child relationship because uh, as a parent, Irrespective of how much we love our children, irrespective of how upbeat our personality is, we have this negativity bias. Our, our brains are constantly scanning our environment and therefore our children for, you know, where's the problem, where's the error, what can go wrong, where's the threat, what needs to be fixed. And so it doesn't set up a, a particularly great way for us to connect with our children more positively. But, but here's the thing, when we focus on the negative, it helps us to survive. But when we focus on the positive, that's when we really start to thrive. And so what mm. I'm doing in my work with uh, parents is helping them to learn some tips and techniques to counteract that negativity bias and learn how to more intentionally redirect their attention towards, towards their children's positive qualities so that they can help their children to thrive. So in a way, it's, you know, your question is spot on, your insight is spot on, and it's a question I get a lot from parents. And yeah. it is kind of just the way that our brain is built, but... We can, our brains are pattern-detecting organs, so we can change the way we think right. and well, therefore change the dynamic let me, of our let me children. get to a specific example. You talk about this in the book, um, and, and I'm sure everybody has dealt with one of these, or pretty much everybody has dealt with one of these kinds of things, where you talk about somebody comes home with a report card that has four A's and a D. So you'd think, okay, mm -hmm. four A's and a D, then you know, if you divide that, the, the D would be 20% of the, of the grades. But... I think a lot of people, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm kind of back and forth on this. I think a lot of people would say, that's fantastic, the four A's is amazing, that's wonderful. Uh, you know, what can we do to help you with math? Or some people would just do, and I, I think, unfortunately, I may fall into this camp sometimes, is, is to say, well, my assumption is you're going to get A's anyway, so let's not talk about that. Let's talk about the one where you need the help, which can be mm. perceived badly. Um, how do you learn to focus on or how do you turn the the four a's into something that can help with the d because i think you know as it, it's a loving gesture to want to talk about the d assuming you're not going to be yeah. you know criticizing harshly but to say look you know where what happened here what can we what can we do do we need to do a tutoring do we need something else is it too hard is it you know do you need glasses you know whatever whatever it is that could be <laughs> causing the issue yeah and that, look, that's a really nice scenario. It's a great question to ask because we're, I'm not saying that we should ignore the D. It's not. It's it's really just a matter of the proportion of your attention. You know, what proportion of your attention goes to the D? 
which is 20% of the report card, what proportion of your attention goes to the good grades, which is 80%. And it's not about ignoring the D, but it's about approaching the D from a strength-based perspective. It's about approaching the D more constructively. And so, um, you know, whilst it's nice for you to assume that your kids are going to get A's and, and say, well, that's, you know, great work, well done, that's what I expected of you. It's great for parents to have high aspirations <coughs> for your children. What I'm suggesting is, where do you do the analysis? Um, do you do the analysis of poor performance or do you do, do you do the analysis of high performance? And our temptation is to spend a higher proportion of our time doing an analysis of the poor performance of the D. So do you need glasses? Do you need extra tutoring? You know, what do we need to get you above and beyond a D? Um, and what I'm saying is, yes, we need to do that, but be, be mindful of the proportion that we spend on that because probably a more helpful way to go is to spend at least an equal if not more amount of proportion analyzing what did get you those A's rather than just the assumption of that's great that's what I expected well done to actually sit down and say well what was it that allowed you to get that A what was it about your study practices what was it about your passion for the subject what was it about the way in which you prepared what was it about the teacher because if we can break down the elements of success, if we can break down the elements of what was allowing the student to get an A, then we can transfer some of those elements over to the poorer performing subject. Because here's the thing, when we only work on weaknesses, uh, the best we can hope to do is sort of eradicate that weakness. But the absence of a weakness is not the same as the presence of a strength. Right. And so if right. we're only focusing on how do we overcome a D, that's a very different question to how do we get an A. Right. Does that distinction make sense to you? Oh, it makes perfectly good sense. And I, I'm wondering mm. if you can help me with something, because th this comes up every once in a while, and I've talked about it on the show before, but it, 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 an incident that happened with my, my middle daughter that caused, I mean, years, literally years, probably more than a decade of friction between the two of us because of a misinterpretation of something that I said. She was a, a, still is a wonderfully talented actress, and in middle school was just did this knockout performance, and just everybody was raving about this thing. And right afterwards, there was this kind of a cast party, and I, I said, Tolly, that was just un the most unbelievable thing. We really need to get you some voice lessons, which I right. meant. It sounds like you understood what I like. I meant, oh, you could just go to Broadway or, you know, you know, yeah, let, you've got talent here. Let's you amplify could, it. Yeah. And she took that completely. If there were anything more, further away than 180 degrees, I mean, she just took it completely <laughs> wrong. And and yeah. it just took me years. And, and I was trying to, I, I think, do what you're talking about, like build on the strength. You know, what can we do to to make these your singing and your acting even better than it already is? You know, th there's the intent to build on the strengths, and then there's how somebody may interpret that. Yeah, and look, and that comes back to what I was speaking about before and our brain's negativity bias. And, and unfortunately, in that particular circumstance, your daughter interpreted your comment from her negativity bias. So she interpreted that as this is a flaw or a weakness that my dad's trying to fix, whereas you were saying, you've got talent, let's amplify it. Um, and I guess, I mean, all of these things, that it's really unfortunate that it created so much friction for such a long time, but all of these things come down to the, basic, the basics of communication with your children. And one of, I think one of the gifts of taking a strength-based approach is that 
um, the pattern over time with your children is that they understand that you will you are, you are always first and foremost coming from a position of strength before trying to fix weakness. And so over time, your children learn that and they understand that you you first and foremost see their positive qualities. So they're less likely to interpret um, that kind of scenario as a criticism and more likely to see that he's coming from a basis of strength. And this is about amplifying. This mm-hmm. is about helping to take me to the next level because he thinks I'm good enough for Broadway. Exactly. Yeah. Talking with Lee Waters, who is the author of The Strength Switch, How the New Science of Strength-Based Parenting Can Help Your Child and Your Teen to Flourish. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to keep talking to Lee. I want to get into some of the specifics of how exactly we're going to be able to do this and make the transition in our own heads and uh, start focusing on the positive instead of the negative. I'm Armin Brock. You're listening to Positive Parenting. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes, and you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to. Nope. I'm sure you've got a perfectly good excuse. Kids, work, (laughs) I get it. You're busy. So what better time than now? Let's begin. Raise one finger if you're a man. Ladies, none yet. Oh, count in your head if you're driving. Now, three more fingers for everyone over 60, two over 50, one over 40, One more if you're not physically active. Another finger if anyone in your family has type 2 diabetes. Another if you've got high blood pressure. If you're overweight, raise another finger. Two if you're very overweight. And three if you're really overweight. You've just taken the world's first audio prediabetes test. And if you're holding up five or more fingers, visit doihaveprediabetes.org or talk to your doctor. There's no excuse because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Chris, can you put the video game controller down for a second? I can talk and play. Oh, I'm totally annihilating this punk kid in Nebraska. I just feel like you're not acting like a grown-up in our relationship. M2, M2. Well, you know, you still ride your skateboard to work. There's the comic book collection, the race car bed. Look, I'm young at heart, but I put money to my 401k every paycheck. I picked up a few savings tips at feedthepig.org. I have control of my financial life now, and that feels pretty grown up. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. For free ideas and easy tips on ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. So, I bet I look like a grown up to you now. Well, except for the footy pajamas, I'd have to agree. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Positive Parenting. If you're just joining us, talking with Lee Waters, who's joining us from Australia, and she's the author of The Strength Switch, How the New Science of Strength-Based Parenting Can Help Your Child and Your Teen to Flourish. So let's, Lee, get into some of the specifics here. If, if you are a parent, like probably most of us, who has been not 100% good about focusing on the strengths, how can you start to change your own mindset to take a deep breath before you say something negative or before you focus on fixing a problem and steer that towards something else? Because it's, it's uh, you know, there is, as you said, old wiring. There's this instinct that's going to kick in and, and make us not, you know, just sort of fall back into what we've always done. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we are, we're definitely um, kind of working against our brains in, in that way. And 
not it's not just our brains that we're working against the old wiring of our brains we're also kind of working against pretty much the way we were raised I mean I think that most of us were raised by a generation of people who just by default assumed that the processes of development and improvement were about fixing weakness they were about correcting what is wrong with us I mean you, you tell me um, and what comes into your mind what's the first thing that comes into your mind when I use the expression areas for improvement areas for improvement <laughs> yeah. oh that would be just a, a lifetime on the couch somewhere right? uh, <laughs> because we don't think of improvement as we, we automatically think that improvement is about correcting weakness and yes. I think um, that was the gen- that was the generation that was the, that was the way that we were raised that was the belief that our parents had that they had this kind of default thinking that development and improvement were about fixing weakness and correcting what was wrong with us and Sure, doing it in a loving way because our role as a parent is to, well, first and foremost, to love our children unconditionally, but then to raise our children, you know, to develop and improve them so that we do our job as parents. We we bring them into um, their, their adult life as kind of happy, robust, productive people. And so what I'm trying to do with this strength-based approach is just is get, and you use the word mindset, and that's a really good word, is to get today's parents to start to think about and just to question that deeply held assumption that improvement is about correcting what is wrong with us and flipping the switch to also expand that idea that improvement can also be building up what is right with us. We can always improve what is right with us and when we do, that's when we thrive. And so one of the, I think there's kind of two broad approaches to your question and one is that mindset shift is really just stopping and thinking, okay, what is my definition or what's my understanding of these processes of development and improvement? Because they're essentially the two processes that I'm cultivating in my children to take them from a newborn to an adult that I deliver into the world. And if I have this implicit, unquestioned assumption that development improvement is about fixing what's wrong with my kid, and we do that lovingly. I mean, we we kind of want to patch up the holes smooth out the rough spots, shore up the weaknesses because we don't want our children's weaknesses to end up limiting them. Uh, but I think what positive psychology has done is kind of flipped that on its head and said, okay, well, that's one way of going. We can kind of fix the weaknesses and, and therefore prevent those weaknesses from limiting our kids. But an alternative way is to actually build up the strengths because when you build up the strengths, the strengths outweigh the limitations you use the strengths to sort of overcome the limitations Mm -hmm. so a big part of it is is just this mindset shift and intentionally focusing on the positive qualities in your kids before you focus on their weaknesses now that's that's kind of easier said than done because um what i've learned in my own work as a psychologist over the last two decades and um, my research at the university and working with parents is that there's a there's often a gap between knowledge and practice. So I talk to a lot of parents about redirecting their attention, shifting their emphasis first and foremost to strength before weakness. And most parents understand the concept. Most parents say, yes, I understand that. In, in theory, I get it. In practice, it's hard. So it's that knowledge-practice gap. And so one of the things that I've been working with now over the last 10 years, and this is just a, a little kind of mental tool, if you like, for parents, is this idea of the strength switch. And that, of course, as you know, is the title of my book. And it's a very simple mental tool um, whereby you just imagine like a light switch inside of your brain. And 
when you pick up, when you notice that your attention is going to the negative, just visualize yourself flicking the switch, flicking it to on. I, in my brain, I imagine that when my switch, when my strength switch is off, and that's kind of the brain's default mode, that's the negativity bias, the default is that the switch will be off, that when it's off, that's when I'm zooming in on my two children, Nicholas and Emily, that's when I'm zooming in on their problems, behaviours, you know, <laughs> the fact that they're on the phone all the time, the fact that they won't put their shoes away, whatever it happens to be uh, in that moment. And it's like there's darkness. It's like I can't see um, <laughs> yeah. their strengths. And so this is when I remember this is just this little mental, it's kind of like a little mental pinch. It's like I reach inside my brain and I flick the switch. And when I flick the switch, it turns the light on and it reminds me to look first for right. their positive qualities. Now, before. That, so that's kind of, that's the mindset piece, yeah. Right there, what you just said, I think, is something that in some ways will answer the, this next question that I have, which is, you know, kids can be harsher self-critics than their parents and than other people can be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of my other kids, is, it, well, they're all this way, but one of them in particular is extremely self-critical and driven by uh, worries about failing and the need to be to be excellent and she is frequently spending a lot of time talking about or thinking about where she's failed. You know, no matter how many discussions we have about the importance of failure and all the things that you can learn from it, that doesn't necessarily solve the problem or get her to think about this. And so how do you how do you work with kids not only I mean so we've been talking so far about as parents how we can change our mindset and how we can flip that switch. Yeah. But how do we talk to our kids about you know, okay, see I'm going to talk more about your strengths but you need to do this too. Yeah, that's a really lovely question. And I mean, the strength switch is a tool for children as well. And I do a lot of work with children. And um, I have a, you know, a very nice graphic that I use when I go out to schools of a light switch and what happens when you flick the switch on and what happens when you, you um, and what happens when it's off. So that might be um, a good tool for you to use with Casey. I think, I mean, a big part of this is the questions, the questions that we ask our children. And a lot of our behaviour um, is driven first and foremost by the questions we're asking ourselves and we're often unaware of those questions that we are asking ourselves. I mean, you and I um, just spoke before, Armin, and I think it's one thirty in the afternoon where you are, right? Pretty close. Yeah, oh, just after, and, it, and it's um, 6.30 a.m. where I am the next day in Australia because we're ahead on the time zone. But even for for me to get up to have this interview whether I know it or not I've asked myself a whole lot of questions I've asked myself what time should I get up Um, do I have breakfast before I have the interview should I have a cup of tea or should I have a coffee if I have a coffee should I have a double shot because it's quite early in the morning so most of our behavior is preceded by a question that we're asking ourselves and we're often unaware of the questions we are asking ourselves and how they then lead on to certain actions you know so I would guess with your daughter that um, a very powerful way, in addition to teaching her about the, the strength switch and sort of more intentionally flicking the light onto the good qualities, the times she succeeded, her strengths, is to work with her about what are the questions that she's constantly asking herself. And this is where, um, again, a strength-based, you can bring strengths into the family in a fairly easy and effective way simply by being aware of the questions you're asking and asking more strength-based questions. So um, a you know, very common question that we often ask our kids is, how was school today? And um, I'm not sure about your children, Armin, but I don't get a particularly (laughs) great response when I ask my children that question. I mean, yeah, exactly. Well, when they were little, they would, I think they genuinely wanted to answer, but they had just kind of forgotten what had happened during their day at school. 
Um, and then, of course, they grow into teenagers and you get that sort of one-word response. Sometimes the response isn't even a word. It's more like a kind of noise. Um, yeah. So instead of asking your children, how was school today? Ask them, what strengths did you use at school today? Or what strengths did you see someone else use at school today? If they've got a big event coming up, an assignment, a project, a sporting event, an artistic event, a social event, um, ask some questions about it, but ask the questions from a strength-based perspective. You know, what strengths do you think will help you to maximise or make the most of or have a good time at this event? If they're having a problem in their life, um, if they've had conflict with friend, for example, then again, it's a strength-based question. You know, what strengths do you think were missing in this situation that caused the conflict? Or what strengths do you think you could bring to this situation so it doesn't happen next time? Lee Waters is the author of of the Strength Switch, How the New Science of Strength-Based Parenting Can Help Your Child and Your Teen to Flourish. Lee, thanks so much. Thank you for your time. I've really enjoyed it. Hey, there he is. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand or what? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. Are you okay? I'm having a stroke. Your face looks weird, too. I'm having a stroke. Are you having a seizure or something? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. I'm having a stroke. You just need to know the sudden signs. Look for FAST, F-A-S-T, F, face drooping, A, arm weakness, or S, speech difficulty, then T, time. Time to call 911 immediately because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. Know the sudden signs. Face, arm, speech, time. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Positive Parenting. I'm Armin Brott, and it's time for a Parents at Play segment. Just about everyone, young, old, and everything in between, is fascinated by magic, especially the kind that involves transforming objects from one thing into another. This week, we take a look at a number of terrific family activities that do exactly that. Whether it's changing a ten of clubs into a ten of hearts, a bunch of powdered ingredients into delicious cupcakes, or a locked safe into an unlocked one. Magic, silver edition from Thames and Cosmos. Long before Harry Potter and his friends at Hogwarts took over the world, kids and adults wished they could conjure things out of nowhere and make them vanish again, turn apples into oranges, and make objects float in air. With this kit, you'll be able to perform jaw-dropping feats of magic that will captivate and delight your audience. It comes with props and instructions to do a hundred tricks. Knots in one rope jump to another, a wand levitates, coins pass through objects and disappear, a small pile of sugar turns into a sugar cube, and a lot more. The kit comes with a nicely illustrated 72-page instruction manual, but there are also 26 online video tutorials so your budding Houdini can see the tricks actually being performed. If you like the silver edition, there are several larger sets for 150 and 200 tricks. They are for ages 8 and up, cost about 21 bucks at many retailers, or thamesandcosmos.com. The Ultimate Baking Starter Set from Real Cooking. This well-designed, kid-friendly kit comes with real kitchen tools that make cooking fun and a lot less messy. It includes two non-spill bowls, measuring cups, a whisk, a pastry bag with tip, spatula, 16 silicon cupcake liners, 
a one-touch egg cracker that eliminates the need to fish around in the yolk to remove pieces of shell, and most of the ingredients to make eight magical tuxedo cupcakes and eight sprinkle surprise cupcakes. Of course, you'll have to provide the eggs, butter, and milk, but you wouldn't want those things to come in a box anyway, right? It's for ages six and up, but only with adult supervision, because you'll need to use a real oven to bake those treats. Costs about $45 at retailers everywhere, or more information is at realcookingkids.com. The Electronic Safe Breaker from Yulu. When this battery-operated safe closes, the combination is set to a random number. Players pick a card and turn the combination locked to the number on the card. They then use the fingerprint scanner to test the number. If it's correct, the safe opens and releases some coins. If it's not, the player uses the spy stethoscope to get a private audio hint. A high beep means the actual combination is higher than the card played. A low beep means it's lower. Be the first to open the safe, and you get the coins. The most coins wins, of course, but beware of the alarm coin, which means you'll have to put all of your treasure back into the safe. The game combines equal parts deductive reasoning and luck and will be fun for two to four players ages six and up. You can find out more at yulutoys.com. You'll find reviews of many, many, many more toys and games that you can do with your family at our website, parentsatplay.com. We'll be back next week with another brand new positive parenting show. Until then, I'm Armin Broad. Thanks for listening to Positive Parenting. You can get more information on today's show and what we're working on in the weeks ahead at MrDad.com. While you're there, visit the MrDad.com gift shop with everything you need to help you become the dad or mom you want to be. Positive Parenting is a production of the MrDad.com radio network. Now, go be a great parent.